Welcome to another installment of Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Rosebro. I am your servant in Jesus Christ. This is the channel that compares what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. So we've uh, we've covered the woke, postmodern, emergent, liberal Christian Christians. They're really not. Uh, these are people who are out there who are deconstructing faith in Christ, all in the name of of true Christianity. At least that's what they claim. And uh, in the past, we've covered men like. Tony Jones, Doug Paget, Brian McLaren, and a whole host of others. And it's been a while since I've really gone into this subject. However, my personal research into Gnosticism, I, I've been doing a long, and I mean, <laughs> this is longer than a year now, long uh, study on Gnosticism and initiatic societies and things like this. Uh, it, I saw a little bit of a crossover on a fellow that I hadn't really heard of until very recently. He calls himself the naked pastor. And uh, we're going to listen to a few of the things he said. Note how he uh, how he claims to, you know, have better knowledge than Jesus, better knowledge than Peter, than John and and others regarding what God is really like. And note he has no authority to say these things. But what I found fascinating is that um, some of the themes of what he's saying, not only does the scripture warn against but if you understand Satanism in its truest form, people think that Satanism is the worship of Satan. It isn't. Satanism is the worship of self. How do I know? Uh, well, the Satanic Bible, Anton LaVey. We'll, we'll read a couple of verses out of Anton LaVey's book and, and do a little parallel work today. So dark subject. Uh, you know, Don't worry. I hope this doesn't give you nightmares. Uh, but this should warn you off from any of these guys out there trying to deconstruct faith and embracing postmodern emergent liberalism and thinking that somehow you know, uh, historic biblical Christianity has gotten it wrong, and they they've come along lately, and they, they know better than than Jesus and the rest. But uh, let's let's do this. Let's whirl up the desktop, and that requires me to do this. Uh, that's a shot of um, that's New Jersey across. Uh, I shot that on Ma in Manhattan uh, at sunset, and that, yeah, that was a fun little street photography outing that day. Anyway, uh, let's uh, open up our web browser. And this is the fellow who calls himself Naked Pastor. And uh, I, I don't really know his name. I know that he's a former pastor in Canada. That's where the Canadians are from. And uh, and he is you know, you know of the same ilk as Brian McLaren and others. But let's just do a little comparative work to things that he's saying compared to what God's word says. And I'm going to basically ask this question. Who is this guy? that he thinks he knows better than Christ. Who is this guy that he knows better than the authors of scripture? This would include the prophets of old. This would also include Moses. This would also include Peter and John and Paul. How does he know better um, than them? I mean, you know, he's he's Johnny come lately. I mean, yeah, his, his beard is a little wider than mine. So maybe he's a little farther along than I am. But, you know, the, the reality is this is that, um, you know, when you start contradicting scripture, you better have better credentials than Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ is the son of God in human flesh. And he proved that this is the case by rising from the grave on the third day after he was crucified. 
uh, yeah, he actually bodily rose from the grave. And he's the one who gave authority to his apostles, his apostles, which would also include the apostle Paul. Uh, these men are the ones who wrote scripture by the authority of Christ. And Christ himself, he, he put his stamp of approval on the Old Testament, saying that these are the very words of God. Might have to deal with that. So he comes along, you know, and here we are, 2022, and, uh, you know, I, I don't, I, you know, you, you might be old, dude, and so am I, but you're not that old. And, uh, and how is it that you have better credentials than Christ? You know, I'm just wondering. So uh, this, is, uh, this is the theology created by the idol known as self. This is human idolatry. The idolatry, my thoughts supersede the thoughts of God. And I would basically say, ah, oh, hog, you know, hogwash. This is cornswoggle, you know, things like that. But uh, let's, let's listen to a little bit of this, shall we? Hi, my friends. Look, one of the things that disappoints people is they come to me asking me what I believe so that they can figure out if they should believe it too. But I keep telling people, I'm not your guru. I'm not your leader. See, see already, I, yeah, I didn't even put this text into the mix. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to duplicate this, duplicate. We're going, there we go. I'm going to duplicate that. And we'll just go to Matthew 28. You know, it's not like Christians uh, have been given things to teach, you know, see, I, I, I'm, I'm not your guru either, but Jesus is the son of God in human flesh. Uh, let's see here. So Matthew 28, 16, this is after the resurrection of Christ. Christ has been crucified, died, buried, risen from the grave, not yet ascended. And uh, this is before he ascends. And he says, uh, now the 11 disciples went to to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. Yeah, because he's God in human flesh. Uh, but some doubted. And Jesus came and he said to them, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me, Jesus, right? Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And since Jesus is the God of the Old Testament in human flesh, uh, the moral law of the, of the Old Testament is still in, in effect today because it's rolled up in, in the New Covenant. All that being said, um, I agree with uh, Naked Pastor here that he's not anyone's guru, but Jesus is the Son of God, and we're only in the church to teach what he has commanded, what he has authorized. You know, just, just saying, you know. So we continue. What I will do, though, is I will lead you to yourself. That's what I want to do is lead. Yeah, I'm the problem. <laughs> You're going to lead me to myself. Yeah, that, that's not a good thing. Lead me to myself, the, the theology of self. I, I know a guy who was obsessed with himself mentioned in the Bible, uh, mentioned in Isaiah 14. Uh, interesting language, by the way. <laughs> oh, how you are fallen from heaven, oh, day star, son of the dawn. Yeah, if you know your initiatic society uh, philosophy and esoteric things like this, what an interesting reference. Uh, 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 likening Lucifer to Venus. What's the sign of Venus, by the way? Oh, yeah, it's the, it's the pentagram. 
uh-huh it's it's this thing right here yeah there yeah that that's a sign hmm yeah it, it it's it's interesting when you start to read these people and figure out how to decode their stuff oh how you are fallen from heaven oh day star son of the dawn Lucifer himself, right? Oh, how you are cut down to the ground, you who laid low the nations. You said in your heart, I, I will ascend above the stars of God. I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of the assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds and I, I, I will make myself like the most high. But you are brought down to Sheol, to the farthest reaches of the pit. Those who see you will stare at you and wonder over you. Yeah, you, you get the idea. So, uh, yeah, a picture of Satan himself. Uh, even referencing the morning star, Venus. Yeah, just kind of fascinating stuff. Even the God of Israel understands who the enemy is and understands their symbols. But all that being said, let's do a little bit of reading in uh, in a very dark book, by the way. In uh, <clears throat> We must look at the script of Mordor, if you would. And this is from the Satanic Bible, all right? Satanic Bible, Anton LaVey. Now, how, how do I know about this? I was trained by Bob and Gretchen Pazentino. At the time, they were some of the most foremost uh, experts as it comes to Satanism and what it truly is. And uh, it was they who introduced me to a proper understanding of, of how Satanism is all about me, myself, and I, just like Satan. In fact, uh, Anton LaVey you know, really isn't about Satan worship. He's about worshiping himself. So this is from the opening part of the Satanic Bible. Interesting here, uh, just so you know, uh, we have the Cross of Lorraine and the Infinity Symbol, both Gnostic initiatic symbols. Uh, clearly, Anton wanted to let us know that uh, he was a high-level initiate in some of the secret societies. You know, just saying. And so here's, here, here's the beginning thoughts. Satan represents indulgence instead of abstinence. Satan represents vital existence instead of spiritual pipe dreams. Satan represents undefiled wisdom instead of hypocritical self-deceit. Satan represents kindness to those who deserve it instead of love wasted on ingrates. Satan represents vengeance instead of turning the other cheek. Satan represents responsibility to the responsible instead of concern for psychic vampires. Satan represents man as just just another animal, sometimes better, uh, more often worse than those who walk on all fours, who, because of his divine spiritual and intellectual development, has become the most vicious animal of all. Satan represents all of the so-called sins as they all lead to physical, mental, and emotional gratification. Satan has been the best friend of the church has had as he has kept it in business for all these years. Yeah, so we'll, we'll kind of fast forward. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll look at uh, the book of Satan itself, a few selected portions. So, oh, in this arid wilderness of steel and stone, I raise up my voice that you may hear to the east, to the west. I beckon to the north, to the south. I show a sign proclaiming death to the weakling, wealth to the strong. Open your eyes that you may see, O men of mildewed minds, and listen to me, ye bewildered millions. For I stand forth to challenge the wisdom of the world, to interrogate the laws of man. 
man and of God. I request reasons for your golden rule and ask the why and wherefore of your ten commands. Before none of your printed idols do I bend in acquiescence, and he who saith thou shalt to me is my mortal foe. Pay attention to this part, because naked pastor, he echoes this really well. I dip my forefingers in the watery blood of your impotent mad redeemer and write over his thorn-torn brow the true prince of evil, the king of the slaves. It's really blasphemous. Let's uh, fast forward a little bit to the more relevant section as it relates to this video of ours. Section four. Life, according to Anton LaVey, the Satanist, life is the great indulgence, death the great abstinence. Therefore, make the most of life here and now. There is no heaven of glory bright and no hell where sinners roast. Here and now is our day of torment. Here and now is our day of joy. Here and now is our opportunity. Choose ye this day, this hour, for no redeemer liveth. Say unto thine own heart, I am mine own redeemer. Stop the way of them that would persecute you. Let those who devise thine undoing be hurled back to confusion and infamy. Let them be as chaff before the cyclone and after they have fallen rejoice in thine own salvation. Then all thy bones shall say pridefully, who is like unto me? Have I not been too strong for mine adversaries? Have I not delivered myself? by mine own brain and my body. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I, I could go on, but this is just a taste. You see, Satanism is all about me. And I find it fascinating that a man who claims to be helping people, right, he, he can turn them to no better authority than themselves. This is Satanism without the label. That's what this is. Let me back this up. Listen again. People, as they come to me asking me what I believe so that they can figure out if they should believe it, too. But I keep telling people, I'm not your guru. I'm not your leader. What I will do, though, is I will lead you to yourself. That's what... Yeah, I, I'm the problem. What I want to do is lead you to yourself. Yeah, that's what Satan would have us do. I, yeah, mm -hmm, yeah. So that you can make up your own mind, discover your own thoughts, be your own authentic self. My own authentic self. Hmm. You know, uh, I, I, another text here. You know, I, I wasn't planning on throwing this into the mix, but might as well. Romans chapter 3. Authentic self, you say. Indeed, indeed. Uh, Romans chapter 3 describes all of us in our authentic state. Um, Romans chapter 3, and you're going to note verse 10 makes it clear that this is quoted from the Psalms. So this is the third time this appears in Scripture. First time it appears is in uh, I, uh, Psalm 14 verses 1 to 3, and then Psalm 53, verses 1 to 3. And l listen to our authentic selves, right? None is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. 
No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood, and their paths are ruin and misery. The way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm not trying to get anybody to follow me. I'm not trying to get anybody to believe what I believe. I'm trying to enable people, empower people to live their own independent, free, authentic selves. Independent, free, authentic self, like Satan from Isaiah 14. Like Anton LaVey taught in the Satanic Bible, right? Where you land, theologically or whatever, I don't care. Did you get there on your own volition? Yeah, you are you 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 are your own deity. That's what I care about. Okay, so note the similarities of the theme. Let me let me throw this into the mix. Time to buck authority. Here we go. Independence, spiritual independence, freedom, deconstruct. Of how right. you want to. All right, let me. There we go. Hey, my friends, you like my T-shirt? Unlabel no. yourself. No, no. Sounds like a postmodern woke slogan that is as empty and hollow as a dead tree. Look, it's time to buck authority. Mm, Really? Okay. It's time for you to say, I'm the boss of me. Right. You know, I, yeah, that's that's exactly. Exactly what I was reading here in the Satanic Bible. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, at least we know what this is. Doctrines of demons, you know. It's time to take the steering wheel of your own life and drive yourself. Mm-hmm. At some point, you have to no longer submit to authority. You have to become the captain of, of your captain of your own ship, the master of your own destiny. Hmm. Submit to authority. Okay. Let me find another text here. Romans, let's see, 13. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. There is no authority except for from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur, note the word, judgment. Hmm. Okay. So, uh, God, the ultimate authority... Through the Holy Spirit, who inspired the Apostle Paul to wrote this, to write this, tells us to submit. Huh. You know, I just, you know, I'm curious. I t- submit. All right, let's see here. All right, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Hmm. So for being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own righteousness, they did not submit to God's own righteousness. Hmm. Wives, submit to your husband. Now, as the church submits to Christ, also wives, submit to everything to the husbands. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world. All right, let's see here. I'm, mm-hmm. uh, hey, Hebrews 13, obey your leaders, submit to them. They're keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Hmm. Uh, James 4, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. He'll flee from you. Hmm. You know, I I just come back and it's, who is this guy? 
by what authority is he saying these words? Why should I believe him? He, he hasn't been martyred for the faith the way the apostles were. Huh. He didn't rise from the, way, the dead the way Jesus did. Why should I believe this guy? Hmm. Let me back this up. It's time to take the steering wheel of your own life yeah. and drive yourself. Mm -hmm. At some point, you have to no longer submit to authority. You have to become the captain of, of your captain of your own ship, the master of your own destiny. You have to become autonomous, self-determining. Autonomous, self-determining. I thought I was absolutely dependent upon God. Hmm. Hmm. Huh. All right, let me, let me play this a little bit more. No longer looking to people for permission or validation to find the courage to be your authentic self. Right. You sound a lot like this guy. You know, just saying. Just to decide for yourself how you want to be spiritual. I got to decide that for myself. Hmm. You know, I, I think about the strange fire that was offered by the sons of Aaron. They, they offered their own authentic, self-determined spiritual sacrifice to God, and God burned them up. Huh. You can do it. Uh, yeah, only if I want to end up in hell. The freedom. That's what freedom is. It's amazing. You're describing slavery to sin, not freedom. It's scary. You're going to upset people, but it's... Hey, my... Yeah, all right. So let me point this out. So what does this guy think about scripture? Well, he's a cartoonist. And so, uh, he, so here's one of his cartoons. Yeah, this is apparently Jesus. My sheep hear my voice. And apparently these sheep are too busy listening to their Bible to hear the voice of Jesus. Huh. Well, that's weird. I can't think of another place to go where I can hear the voice of Christ because Jesus said of his apostles, the one who hears you hears me. Uh-huh. The, the only place I can go to hear the voice of Jesus is in the Bible. And then, of course, you know, he's one of these, you know, woke anti-patriarchy guys. So here, here's, uh, here's what his view of the Bible is. The male Bible. Cl look closely at the cartoon, okay? So the Holy Bible with the male symbol right there, all right? So uh, it says, written by men. No, actually, it's written by God, and, and I'll show you that in a minute. Collected by men, approved and assembled by men, oh, edited by men, translated by men, preached by, by, from uh, by men to make women submit to men. That's just straight up slander. He broke the commandment, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And not only that, he doesn't even recognize what Christ says about his word. Uh, another text here, Mark 7, I think. Yeah, let's take, yeah, this is, this is it. So uh, the Pharisees, by the way, uh, they, they weren't bound by the written word of God. They created their own secondary source, the oral Torah, claimed that if you kept the oral Torah, you wouldn't break the commands of the, uh, of the original Torah. And the reason why God gave the oral Torah to them was to keep Gentiles from knowing the truth. That was their narrative, right? 
But watch how Jesus puts them in their place, and watch what Jesus says about the Scripture. Now, when the Pharisees gathered to him, that's Jesus, some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem, they saw some of his disciples. They ate with hands that were defiled, that means unwashed. Uh, For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands properly, holding to, and this should be capitalized, this is an actual body of work, the tradition of the elders, right? The oral Torah. And when they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And there are many other traditions they observe, such as the washing of cups and pots and copper vessels and dining couches. And the Pharisees and the scribes, they ask Jesus, why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders? But they eat with defiled hands. Then he says this, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites? As it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, watch this, teaching as doctrine the commandments of men. That's the seed of idolatry, by the way. And isn't that exactly what naked pastors doing here? Uh, just follow your own authentic self. Be, you know, determine yourself. You got to buck authority and just make up your own stuff, right? Yeah, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. And then he says this, you leave the commandment of God. Whose commandment? The commandment of God. Well, what command? You'll see in a second. And you hold to the tradition of men. And I would note the naked pastor is promoting here man-made tradition, man-made religion, man-made spirituality, right? So he said to them, you have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to establish your tradition. You know, hang on a second here. Isn't that what... Yes, yes, this is what naked pastor's doing. He's rejecting the word of God to establish his own spirituality. Oh, Jesus talked about it right here. So you reject the commandment of God in order to establish your tradition. Moses said, honor your father and your mother. Watch what Jesus does here. Moses said it, whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if a man tells his father or mother, whatever you would have gained from me is korban, that is a gift given to God, then you no longer permit him to do anything for father and mother, thus making void what? the word of God. You, you see, he's he's rejecting the commandments. He's attacking the word of God, all right? It, it, written by men. No, actually, Jesus made it clear that there were human authors, but God is the common author of all scripture in the Bible. He, he left that part out. Why? Because he's attacking the scriptures, creating a false narrative about the Bible so that he can establish his own autonomous, satanic spirituality. That's what he's up to. So odd, odd, just really odd here. You know, he's, um, all right, next one. This one is really, I I did, we'll have to do a lot of teaching on this one. Hang on to your hats. Here we go. Hi, my friends. One of the things that we need to do as we progress in our spiritual journeys is overcome our fear of judgment. I was raised under the fear of judgment. So got to get rid of our fear of judgment. I know a way to do that, by the way. We'll talk about biblically how one does that. Uh, as I remember as a child, as a teenager, even into my adult years, constantly fearing judgment, afraid to do something and afraid while I was doing something, I'd be caught or afraid that after doing something, it would be found out, not just by other people, but by God. Okay. I have since come to learn that there is life beyond this fear of judgment. Okay. 
I agree, but I, for a totally different reason. And it's simple. It's as simple as not believing that there is a judgmental, vindictive, wrathful God waiting to punish you. You know how debilitating. Are you saying that there's no judgment and that God doesn't punish sin and rebellion? Hmm. This fear of judgment is, don't you? It's debilitating. Free yourself from it. There is therefore now no condemnation. Take that literally. You left a part out. There is no condemnation, no judgment. Do not fear. There is therefore now no condemnation. Take it literally. There is no judgment. Do not fear. Now, here's the interesting bit. He is actually fulfilling a prophecy of the Apostle Peter in the way he's talking. And I'll explain that in a minute. But let's unpack this, shall we? All right, let's take a look at the part he left out. And then we're just going to ask ourselves, is there a judgment? What does Jesus say? And what do the apostles say? All right, so here's a part that he left out. Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You see, there is condemnation for anybody who is outside of Christ. Mm -hmm. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those who live according to the spirit, they set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh, it is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And now you see the point here. See, naked pastor is a fleshly guy. He's got his mind set on the flesh, and he rejects the commandments of God in order to establish his own satanic-like autonomous spirituality, and even denying the judgment. Okay. Well, what about Christ? What does Christ say about judgment? All right. Jesus says to in Matthew 7, Sermon on the Mount, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Oh, we better figure out what that is, right? On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name, do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Lawlessness. Huh. You know, when you check out the false prophets of Jeremiah's day, they were claiming to be receiving prophecies uh, like j today's modern YouTube prophets, right? And they weren't calling people to repent of their sins and trust in the Lord for the forgiveness of their sins. No. In fact, God says of those false prophets that they strengthened the hand of the evildoers and that the land was full of idolaters and adulterers and the sexually immoral uh, because those false prophets were not calling people to repent. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now, what about um, how does one uh, how, how does one save then? Well, Jesus says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
no one comes to the Father except through me. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. All right. Well, what about another text? Let's take a look at John chapter 3. All right. So this is the uh, Nick at Night text showing my age here. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Uh, Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, uh, anothen, born from above, actually, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb. So note here, if you're not born again, born anothen, born from above, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Can't, right? So Nicodemus said, can I enter into my mother's womb a second time? He says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born anothen from above. The wind blows where it wishes. You hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who's born of the Spirit. Well, Nicodemus said, well, how can these things be? And Jesus answered him, are you the teacher of Israel? And yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, amen, amen. I say to you, we speak of what we know. We bear witness of what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you have not, and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up so that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Mm -hmm. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish which means if you don't, you will, should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes is not condemned. Whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. And this is the judgment. Light has come into the world. People love the darkness rather than the light because their works are evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light, does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. Whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. And then note how the end of chapter 3 ends, okay? Let's see here. Chapter 3. He who comes from above is above, right? He who bears witness, whoever receives. Okay, here we go. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. Well, you know, I mean, didn't naked pastor just assure, I mean, with his uh, impeccable credentials, I'm sure he knows better than the apostle John, and I'm sure he knows better than Jesus. I mean, I mean, look at him. I mean, doesn't that just scream spiritual authority? Why should I believe this guy? Again, listen, here we go. I was raised under the fear of judgment. Mm -hmm. uh, as I remember as a child, as a teenager, even into my adult years, constantly fearing judgment afraid to do something and afraid while I was doing something I'd be caught or afraid that after doing something it would be found out. 
not just by other people, but by God. Yeah. I have since come to learn that there is life beyond this fear of judgment. And by that, he means there is no judgment. And it's simple. It's as simple as not believing that there is a judgmental, vindictive, wrathful God. Okay, well, let's see that again here. Hang on a second here. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life. The wrath of God remains on him. Waiting to punish you. You know how debilitating. Yeah, see, the thing is, is that you're contradicting Jesus and the Apostle John, the disciple whom Jesus loved. I mean, he outraced Peter to the tomb, you know. Um, why should I believe you over them? Huh. Yeah, it's, it's interesting stuff here. Well, there's more. There's more to it. There's more to this. Let's let's take a look. I said that he uh, fulfills a prophecy. Yeah, he does, actually. Uh, Peter, uh, last letter he writes before he's crucified upside down. It takes him three days to die. Um, Peter writes this. Now, this is the second letter I'm writing to you, beloved. In both of them, I'm stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles. So note, he even understands that uh, what he's writing is a command of the Lord through the apostles. Knowing this, first of all, scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. Dude, it's like you saw Naked Pastor on Twitter all the way back there 2,000 years ago. Crazy, right? They will say, where is the promise of his coming? Ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. They deliberately overlook this fact that the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God, and that by means of these, the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the heavens and the earth are now that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the what? Uh-oh, the day of judgment. Hemeran Kriseos, the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. Huh. How do you know better than Peter? Peter hung out with Jesus for three years, man. Huh. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness. He's patient towards you, not wishing that you should that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord, it'll come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done in it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn? But according to his promise, we're waiting for the new heavens and new earth in which righteousness dwells. Huh. You know, it's, it's kind of weird. You know, I, how many biblical texts does this guy have to throw out? Oh, by the way, um, Revelation 12, uh, talking about the end times, there shall be a time of trouble such as never has been since there was a nation till that time. But at that time, your people will be, shall be delivered. Everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. That's the Lamb's Book of Life, by the way. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth, they shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. 
Hmm. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above. Those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. All right. Well, what about Revelation 20? So then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it from his presence, earth and sky fled away. No place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were open. Biblia. Now, you're sitting there going, this is what I fear, right? Now, those of you in Christ who trust in Jesus, you have nothing to fear. And I'll explain why in a minute, okay? Before the throne and the books were opened, then another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. He said, they go, but I have sin. I know, I know, hang on. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Keep that in mind. Now, you sit there and go, but books are opened. I know what's in my book. Yeah, I know it's in mine too. Believe me, I don't want Jesus to see it. And don't worry, he won't. Here's where the gospel comes into play. Colossians 2. Firm warning for those of you embracing post-modernity and this woke nonsense and this, this liberal deconstruction of Christianity. Uh, Paul, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says this, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. That's exactly what naked pastor traffics in. Okay, He rejects the commandments of God to establish his own spirituality. And this is all empty philosophy, vain deceit. According to human tradition, mm -hmm, according to the elemental spirits of the world, not according to Christ. For in him, in Christ, the whole fullness of the deity dwells bodily, and, and you have been filled in him, who is the head and the rule and all authority. In him also you were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by the putting off of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you, who were dead in your trespasses, and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God has made you alive together with Christ, having forgiven us all of our trespasses. You see, what Naked Pastor is saying is a false gospel. Uh, there is no judgment. Lie. There is. Christ says so. The apostles say so. All right? And you are not greater than they. You do not have better authority than they do. Full stop. Because Christ sent the apostles. They are the ones who hear them, hear Christ, Jesus said. So the apostles make it clear that all who are in Christ, all of their sins, all of their trespasses have been forgiven. We do not need to fear the judgment. How, how did he do this? by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. If you think back to Revelation 20 here, okay, and the, they were judged by what was written in the books, okay? Uh, Colossians gives us an understanding here. Uh, you know, in, in the books would be written all of the good works that you've done and all of your trespasses. The trespasses are recorded in the books in the section called the record of debt. Everybody who is in Christ... Everybody has had their sins forgiven by God taking the record of debt in your books. He canceled it. Watch this. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with his legal demands, this he has set aside, 
nailing it to the cross. So on the day of judgment, when the books are open, all who are in Christ, there are no sins recorded in their books. There are no trespasses. The entire record of debt in its, in its totality has been ripped out of your books and it's nailed to the cross. God remembers your sins no more. You do not need to fear judgment. But you're going to note here, what this guy is proposing, this is a false gospel and a vain hope. It won't save you. All right, listen to what he says. Mental, vindictive, wrathful God waiting to punish you. You know how debilitating this fear of judgment is, don't you? It's deb- sure. And I also know that the cross, that my entire record of debt is nailed to that. I don't need to fear the judgment of God at all because Christ has forgiven me. He's bled and died for my sins. Debilitating. Free yourself from it. There is therefore now no condemnation. Take that literally. Yeah, for those who are in Christ Jesus. So note, he took that out of context. Okay, Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because none of their trespasses are recorded in their books on the day of judgment. So here's what he then goes on to say. There is no condemnation, no judgment. Do not fear. There is a judgment. Christ says there's a judgment. Peter says there's a judgment. Paul says there's a judgment. Uh, Daniel says there's a judgment. Isaiah says there's a judgment. You're a liar, sir. You're contradicting God's word. And this is a false gospel. So just become your authentic true self, follow and come up with your own spirituality, be like Satan, and don't worry, there is no judgment. Lie. This is a false gospel. This is, there's no good, there's no good news here. Just a pipe dream. And boy, won't you be surprised when Jesus shows up on the day of judgment. And all the people that you convinced to believe this false gospel that there is no judgment are going to look at you and say, Sir, uh, Mr. Naked Pastor, uh, you, you stand naked now before the throne of judgment. You told us that there wasn't going to be this day. You lied to us, sir. And that's exactly what he's doing. He's lying to you. There is a day of judgment. So repent. You will stand before Christ on the day that he returns Repent and know this, that God is merciful and kind and God loves the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that you can be forgiven. He has bled and died in your place on the cross. He was stricken, bruised and smitten for your transgressions. The the chastisement that brings us peace with God was upon him. By his stripes, we are healed of our sin sickness. And he has promised to raise us from the dead to eternal life. But there is only no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This man's religion cannot save you, will not save you. Hopefully you found this helpful. If so, all the information on how you can share the video is down below in the description. Until next time, may God richly bless you in the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ and his vicarious death on the cross for all of your sins. Amen. Amen.